Welcome back to Strange Stories with the Seeker and the Skeptic. Today we have with us the fabulous Natasha Biggle. She is a fellow DDPY warrior who got who we got to hang out with at the Transformation Summit this year, which was awesome. It was so and awesome. it was so awesome. Yeah. I <laughs> can't wait until next year when we're all invited back. I know, I know. Um, and she wrote the best description about herself that we've received so far. She said, I'm a misplaced hippie soul living, surviving in conservative Southwest Ohio, which I just love your hippie soul. So welcome, Natasha. Thank you so much Thank for being you. here with us today. Thank you. So you said that you identify as a pagan. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and maybe some ways that you practice? Sure. So, um, I started my, um, as a little person, I went to a kind of, if you know anything about, um, uh, the Midwest, especially in my part of the Midwest, we have a lot of Bible and brimstone style churches. And so I went to one of those to the point where like my mom even was like, maybe we shouldn't be going here. Cause I was like having nightmares. Cause always, even as like wow. a little person, we talked about Armageddon all the time and the antichrist and all those kind of things. Behold and the pale horse. Like, and I was like, wow, I kind of think like, I think that's what started me thinking about like my spirituality or like myself in the context of the world. And like, why would things be so scary? You know? Um, um, but that like in my neck of the woods, like is crazy talk. Like, you know, people mm -hmm. go to church every Sunday, they go on Wednesday, they go twice on Sunday, they go on Saturday. Sometimes there's Monday church. Like you go to Bible camp, you go to VBS, you go to your sleepaway camps, Bible camp, you know, it's just, it's, it's very ingrained. And, and the I just, world's going to end on Tuesday. And the, <laughs> yes, yes. And we definitely don't. North Carolina was the same. Yeah. So, and I think, um, I kind of went through that and I always, my parents were always kind of free thinkers too. And so they were kind of like, is this the right for people to be on? Don't you think we should be challenged to think independently? And what, isn't that the right way to go? Like, why would a God punish that? So, um, I think I was encouraged from early on, even though I wasn't comfortable to kind of think differently than my peers and then I think it just kind of started making sense for me you know and I was like well um what do you know is factual like you believe you know I have a strong belief around um you know mother earth and father sky and you know like the world makes sense to me that way mm -hmm. so like it's tangible it feels weird there's there there's an energy about it and energy makes sense to me because it's, I guess, like I had a really strong science background too. So it was like, energy's not lost. It kind of changes, but it's not lost. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. So I think that just all kind of started making sense. And I started putting it into this, um, kind of weird little pagan life for myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And I mean, Jonathan, you can definitely speak more because I know you've said like growing up, some of the things that you were taught in church were 
traumatic as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, you, you're told, like, at least, you know, I'm I'm 42. So, like, this was, you know, late 80s, mid, mid late 80s, early 90s for me. And that was, mm-hmm. like, the prime time of, like, how Lindsay and the late great planet Earth and all of this idea that, you know, Jesus was, Jesus was, Jesus was real. And you say he was coming back and it was going to be before the year 1995 for sure. And then mm-hmm. after 95, it was like, well, guys, we were wrong. It was before 1997. And it's just, it's just, it's like that. but it's, it, it's just, it's just this, this continued rollover of fear. And it really is just a way to control people. It's, it's a way to, to make you think the way that they want you to think this. So you act the way that you want them, that they want you to act. And, when you're a kid, you know, especially if it's like if your parents are into it too, like your parents, whether whether we like to admit or not as an adult, when you're a kid, the, your parents are the authority. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, you, you don't you don't play in traffic because your parents told you it's dangerous and you go to school because your parents say it's time to go to school and the world is going to end because the church your parents took, to, took, took you to says the world is going to end. Or God's going to get you for being this way or that way or for living this way or living that way or, or you know, wearing pants if you're a woman, depending on your denomination. Like the, those oh, right. places, those places are still out there. Like there's still people telling people that. Like that, that's oh, still a sure. thing. Yeah. I love I tell my daughter some of this stuff and she just like looks at me. She's like, are you serious? Like I, yeah. the one story I think um, as I was a young college person that stuck out to me is one of my dear friends from childhood. She, um, she got pregnant right after high school and she had to apologize to the congregation. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was Just like, so shame based. Yeah. I was like, why would you have to apologize for this little, this little person, you know, yeah. like that's not an apology, you know, that's right. a celebration. Right. You created life, you know, and yes, we have to now shame you and make you feel like a terrible person. Yeah. So like I I just got to the point like where I was kind of all done with that. And like I needed to find my own way that made sense to me Mm -hmm. and may not be everybody else's way. But I was trying to combine things that were, you know, science makes sense to me, too. Mm -hmm. So like, how can I combine these things? to still have fellowship with others and to still have fellowship with myself and to kind of categorize it in a way that makes sense for me. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, honestly, I feel like that's how spirituality should be. You know, it should be, I'm looking inside of me and, and finding what resonates with me rather than some doctrine that somebody else told me I have to believe, or I'm going to hell if I don't believe this. Yeah, I totally agree. It just, it's, I don't know, I guess it should just reflect who you are. And if it's, I don't know, but you know, I also sent my daughter to um, a private Catholic childcare center because the nun was beautiful. I find Mm -hmm. faith a beautiful thing. And she was just, she was very faithful and very like Mm -hmm. spiritual, but whole and like, she Mm -hmm. wasn't condemning. So, and she ran a bomb childcare program and it was yeah. small and it was a family so you know yeah I had and I told her I'm like I don't believe like you sister I I don't 
And she was like, that's okay. God made you that way. And that's beautiful too. And she's like, and we're just going to love on your kid. How's that? And I was like, sounds good. Love that. And I grew up in a Catholic church. My parents are both Catholic and I definitely did not have the same experiences as you two growing up. It was not fire and brimstone. You know, I didn't necessarily always get like what I was hearing in church. It didn't always make sense to me. And I mean, that's kind of the reason I stepped away is it just didn't resonate with my soul. My soul needed something different. But yeah, I think there's definitely differences, probably regionally and also like denominationally. Some people are just you know, I would categorize her as just a a faithful person, you know, and she found beauty in what it was that she was doing and she was giving. And I was like, you know, if all this stuff is true, you're kind of the person they would want, (laughs) you know, they're, you're their their salesperson, you know, and that's not a bad thing either. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, as long as you're like living, your living what you're, you're selling or what you're preaching, then I'm good with you. You know, it's like, this resonates with you. Awesome. Yeah. You know? We don't have to believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not going to pretend that the Catholic church doesn't still have some things that they need to answer. Well, for. Yeah. They certainly do. However, <laughs> yeah, one thing for I sure. say about them is that they have not been, they have not been infected with the evangelical movement like the rest of American Christianity basically has with very few exceptions. And I think that's why you still find some some kind and generous people within that faith as opposed to the majority of you know mainstream christianity in america is saying that jesus's teachings were too soft like there's people saying that to, to i mean there's there's pastors that are going on media now saying that this is what their permission are telling them that is what the that's that's what's going on in that world and so, you know, I don't think you do see it as, as, as and I'm not going to say I don't have some issues with, with the Catholic Church, but in that realm, they are doing better than most of American Christianity, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm there. So you gave us a ton of stories, which was awesome. Um, can you tell us about what happened when you were a teenager? Is that the one with the car accident? Yeah. <laughs> the car accident is a weird one, right? Like, so I I was actually talking to my supervisor about it today, um, about the accident. Um, so when I was 16, I had just, I'd had my license for a couple of months, maybe. And um, I was out at a friend's house on a, a, probably a Saturday night. I don't remember. It was a weekend night. It was late. I had left to go um, back home for curfew. We were out at a friend's house out in, you know, she lived pretty far out. And I left and I had actually forgotten to wear my seatbelt. And I was like, I got on a, maybe a mile down the road. And I was like, oh, better put this on. So I pulled over in a little uh, road and I put it on and then I took off again. While out in the country, when they repave the roads, here they just put tar down and loose gravel it'll figure itself out right (laughs) (laughs) and um out where i grew up i grew up it was very flat but like there were these um strong curves because it was very rural i mean cornfields soybean fields so it was very windy and i remember going we called it james's curve um 
I was going around James's curve and I wasn't going very fast and the gravel got up underneath my um, brakes and I lost the ability to slow down. And when I hit the berm, um, my tires exploded and flipped my car and slid me through a cornfield wow. on it on the top. But what I remember is I remember knowing I was going to wreck like I very vividly. I remember saying this, this, I'm this, I'm done. Like this is going to happen. But what I remember very vividly and if I ever, I've said before, and I've told my mom, I was like, if I ever heard his voice, I would know exactly who that is. But I remember these arm. it felt like arms, right? And I felt like I was being wrapped around, which I was sitting in a car seat, like, so like, I don't know where that comes from, but it's probably trauma related. But I remember the voice saying, let, you'll be okay. Let me do it. And I just remember feeling pushed in places and shoved. And I remember, and I remember being told you'll be okay. And I was okay. I mean, I flipped my car. I skidded across a cornfield. I had um, corn stalks that were embedded in the metal of my car um, there was like this much, you can't really see it cause it's dark here, but there was like this much, there wasn't much space between where my seat was and where the roof of my car ended up. Um, I remember, I, I would say coming to, I don't know how long I was out. I don't think very long and realizing like, I'm, I'm upside down, you know, and that's kind of. And I remember getting out and I, I mean, I got out on my own. I, um, I walked down the road and I had very minimal injuries. Most of my in injuries were from my seatbelt. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Impressive. And like the trooper, I like, I thought I was being a cool kid. Like when I was, went to high school the next year, um, I was a junior and I was dating a senior, my husband and. Um, I was sitting on the senior side during homecoming and they, my trooper came out for the homecoming pep rally and he was, he had a picture of my car up on the screen and I was like, what's that for? And like, they gave me a, like the save by the belt award or something like that. Um, I had to come down in front of everybody. They talked about my wreck and like all this kind of stuff. There's pictures of the, in the newspaper. It was crazy, but, um, he said it was surprising that I had no injuries, yeah. but the voice I would totally re remember. Like I can remember it now, what it sounded like. Mm -hmm. And it like, to me, it was, um, it was male. I do know that it was deeper and it was gravelly and like it, it had a very it had a tone to it like I knew what it was and I was comforted by it yeah would, would you say that it seemed like it was audible or do you feel like you were hearing it like in another way it didn't seem like it was like someone in the car with you even though you, there was no one in it felt the because of the pressure because mm -hmm. of the way I felt wrapped and pushed mm -hmm. it felt mm -hmm. like it was like I could hear it mm -hmm. okay. 
And I don't know. I mean, that all happens really fast, right? And the, yeah. like the wreck itself happens fast. It felt really slow. Mm-hmm. But I know it happens fast, but like, I know, I know what that felt like. I, I remember feeling pushed and like my head pushed down. I do mm-hmm. remember that. I remember feeling that. And I remember feeling the arms around, like it felt almost like a bear hug, if that makes sense. Like you were being bear hugged from somebody behind you. Mm-hmm. I re- I had chills, like when you were telling me that story and I've read it, you know, you, you yeah. sent it to <laughs> us, but as you're telling it to me, like, I don't know, I just had chills hearing that. And um, do you have any theories about whose voice it was? Oh, I mean, I thought about it a lot. Um, you know, there's a part of you that wants to say, like, maybe you get a guide or a guardian or mm-hmm. somebody like that that's your that kind of watches over your energy. I thought it it was, you know, at one point I thought it was, you know, back in high school, of course, I thought it was like a guardian angel, you know, um, given my experiences. Um, but I always felt like it like it was protected. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, well, maybe you get like a, as I've gotten older, I was like, well, maybe you get like a, a guide through your energy or, you know, like energies that maybe are, have that ability to impact the world around it, the world that you're in, you know, um, who it was. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was weird that it was male. Mm -hmm. I come from a very matriarchal family. So I would have thought that it would have been matriarchal. I remember being distressed by it. That it was Oh really? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cuz my I mean my family is very matriarchal. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was surprised that the voice was me. I remember telling my mom I was like, "Isn't that weird? Like why would I feel like why would that be a thing? Like why isn't yeah. it a woman?" And she was like, "Tasha, just let it go, you know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, <laughs> They saved your life. Yeah, Yeah. you were saved. Like, just let it go. It doesn't matter. And I was like, well, that's kind of a bum rap, isn't it? Like, if it's male, like, shouldn't you get a female protector (laughs) or something like that? And she's like, oh, my God, would you just, like, not? (laughs) That is too funny. Yeah. I remember being very distressed that it was male. I I mean, I definitely believe that we all have guides, you know, in varying Mm -hmm degrees for different aspects of our lives you know I'm somebody that works with guides you know through meditation and whatnot Mm -hmm. so I I have no doubt in my mind you know obviously there's probably no way of telling now like who that was but it was definitely a a protector of yours it was definitely you know some kind of guardian yeah yeah I like to think so and you know there's a part of me that what like, especially when I went through more of my skeptical phases, I was like, well, the hugging and the the being pushed down was probably the car itself, right? Like, and me just like reacting to like pressure that was coming um, as I, as the car flipped and landed, but it, it didn't, it didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely didn't feel that way. And, you know, I can be dramatic. And I just, I just, I felt, oddly enough, I felt really calm. Like I knew I was being protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The calmness is definitely interesting for sure. 
Now, afterwards, um, I, I was not calm. I do remember that. <laughs> afterwards, I was not calm. Probably yeah. when it sunk in, right? When you're like, oh, this could have been much worse than it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, when I got back to my friend's house, it was like I had some cuts because I had to crawl across my the roof of my car. And that's where a lot of glass was. So I had cuts on my knees and my hands. And I had a little bit of from where the window window windshield shattered. I had some glass in my eye that we just Ugh. rinsed out with water. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Yeah. I was super lucky. Like, I don't like I can't explain. Like, I don't understand how people get that lucky. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to me, it just says that wasn't your time, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what what my mom, I remember my mom telling me, she was like, you know, it just, that was not the agreement you made with the powers that be, you know, that was not part of your agreement and weird things happen. And that, that's, that's just, an interesting way of putting that. Did she have a, like uh, you said, that she, you know, your, your parents are taking you to, to that, you know, kind of fire and brimstone church. Does she end up in a different, like, faith afterwards well, or the funny thing is about that church is i went with a friend of mine my parents were not super religious people gotcha. but like i think they wanted me to find my own way and i don't think that they knew until i started having the nightmares and stuff like that 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 it was something wasn't right mm -hmm. gotcha. and that so that sense. that's when, when my mom started going with me and then she pulled me out of that she was like we're not doing that anymore and she just she had trusted her friend you know, and thought yeah. it was okay. Yeah. So I think, I think my parents have always kind of had a pretty, my, my dad is a huge, or he was um, questioner. I don't even know. Like he had a lot of questions all the time about, you know, existence and that kind of thing. And I think my mom probably a little bit more quietly. So, mm hmm you said that like you went through a skeptical phase mm -hmm. and started questioning that. Like when, when did you start questioning that? And why do you think you started questioning that experience? I think I just started. I think when I started having more independent thought of not independent, but more like your executive function comes online. Right. So you start having more adult thoughts and you're able to rationalize things. And I'm like, well, why, why is this a thing? And why is that a thing? And why, and why, why is that? That doesn't make any sense, you know, or, um, I don't know. And then like my, well, I mean, if I really think about the skepticism, it really, my grandmother had Huntington's disease. I don't know if you guys know about Huntington's. It's mm -hmm. a rare disorder. Um, my family's free of it. If you know about it, like my mom's side oh, does great. not, she got mm -hmm. tested. That's good. Yes. And she's negative. So, um, but like I saw, like after my grandfather died, when I was in college, we had to take my grandmother to try to figure out what was wrong with her. And they kept saying nothing because her blood work was fine, but she had chorea. She had huge behavior issues. I mean, she was a little spitfire of nothing. She like was 
I mean, she is very small person and she could throw those huge planters outside of stores, you know? And I'm like, if you can't figure that out, like if, like if things can't be, I mean, there's gotta be other things going on, right? Like other, like we just don't know it all. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of felt like that with church and kind of with science. Like, I'm like, I don't, I just don't think we, we've got it. Like, I don't think we figured Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. We don't have all the answers yet. And so what does that mean for other experiences? I think that way with like fairy tales. I mean, people used to think all those things were complete, like, and maybe some of them are true. Maybe some of them aren't like, like who are, who are we, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just, I went through this whole whole phase where I kind of doubted a lot of different things, mm-hmm. you know, like we sci- scientifically, we can't figure things out. You know, I, there's some church things that I was involved in or saw. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. You know, so what are, what are we doing really? And then I think that progressed as I got older. And I think, I don't know what happens to you at 40, but you hit 40, 45. And it's like, um, maybe I should just listen to myself and what feels good for me. And I think that, that, that age bracket between 40 and 50, you just start trying to figure, figure shit out. And I think you're brave enough finally to start listening to yourself. So you're not the first woman I've heard say that before, you know, that it's like, once you hit a certain age, it's just like, I don't care as much about other people and their opinions and I'm just going to do me, which is awesome. Yeah. It's it's a weird (laughs) space. Like, cause I think I did initially care about stuff like that. And then I'm like, "Mm, mm." you know, and to some degree too, like the skepticism, like I can, is I got too from like being heavy, like the, my weight gain did not make sense right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't having the 2000 calorie lunches and the eating six, you know, 4,000 calories a day. So I'm like, if you can't figure this Mm -hmm. out, like what else? I I don't know. Like, I I think it just made me a probably more of a doubting Thomas with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I think then that allows you to be curious and accepting of a lot of other things. You're like, well, maybe that is it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah opens your mind to different possibilities and not just thinking there's a clear cut answer for, for everything. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just, I don't know. It just seems like that makes more, it just seems to make more sense. Yeah. And like, maybe you kind of know, and if you fight knowing, like if you fight listening to yourself, maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe you kind of know already. Mm-hmm. How does that skepticism look like in your life now? I have as much of that. Like, I think, like, I, I think I'm a lot more accepting of a lot of different people's belief systems because like their energy may not be my own and that's okay, Mm -hmm. you know, and our, but we can still appreciate each other. Right. And so like, you want to be God, you know, God fearing Christian. Okay. Does that feel good? okay. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you, you know, want to, you know, have altar, you know, have an altar at your home. Okay. (laughs) Does it feel good to you? You know? And I think, um, I think I'm not as much of a skeptic now as I am more of like, 
well, that's really cool. You know, if it feels good, why not? Mm -hmm. And if it speaks to you, is it wrong? You know, there's right. a reason why your energy wants it. So honor right. it and go and honor that energy. For me, it's just like earth and, you know, herbs and flowers and stones and all that kind of stuff. It all holds energy. So it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's like, does it feel good? And as long as you're not hurting anybody else about it who cares yeah make you feel stronger okay mm -hmm. does it give you comfort okay how can those things be bad yeah i'm with you so, yeah for real, for real. <laughs> so you have seen a couple of different apparitions so tell us about those oh the only the one i think that is the strongest for me i think I think I wrote it was the, um, the Christmas one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was the one where I was, I, I live in an old house. Like my house was built in 1885 and it, a lot of people say like, it looks like a haunted house or it does. I'm like, it really isn't. It's very lovely. Like it's full of, of loveliness is what I would tell people. Like there's nothing scary going on in this house ever. Um, and it was Christmas morning and um, Julia had already opened her Christmas presents. We were waiting for his parents to come down. They always come down um, and make crepes and stuff like that. So we were waiting on them and I was, I was cooking um, doing the finishing touches on, I think a breakfast casserole or something like that. And, um, it, it just was very clear to me. I like, I saw her out of the corner, not even the corner. I just turned my head and there she was. And I was like, huh, interesting. And I don't know if it was just, I don't know. I don't know what that one that was about. Um, I don't tell a whole lot of people about that one. It just it lovely little girl um didn't see her for very long um was she super like from victorian because it seems like every like apparitions from the mm. victorian era <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know like she had she had blonde hair she had like a little nightgown on and blonde hair so i have no idea i think it was blonde i it could have been another color it could have i don't know um but it it was it, it almost was like they were peeking in to see and then she was gone like it was like she turned around and she was gone that's so funny um i grew up in a house where my sister and i i also saw her once but my sister spent her entire childhood seeing this little blonde girl in a nightgown <laughs> that was a ghost so that that's just funny that you know similar description you know yeah and she you know and it seemed like she smiled, but she, it was just like, she kind of peeked in and looked mm -hmm. and saw, and then she was like, cool. And left. Yeah. Hmm. And I just kind of sat, I just kind of sat there for a minute, like while I was cooking, I was like, oh, nah, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. Cause everybody assumes when you live in an old house like this, that they're, you've got bumps and you've got, I mean, the mm -hmm. houses creak and they make weird noises. They're yeah, old. The, the woods settled, old. You know. Huh? 
houses settle you know that's that's a real thing i'm with and you and they make all kinds of weird noises yeah. and animals make noises you know and sometimes yeah. animals make really really damn scary noises really. like <laughs> things you don't wouldn't they? expect yeah. some, some of the things that animals can do don't sound like animal noises let you would think <laughs> no sure. no but i think that's the the main one that i can think of where i was just like that's that's different <sighs> and i wasn't scared like it it wasn't yeah. scary it was just like huh huh <laughs> that's okay. pretty good response well that happened happened and you know i John and I, my husband and I have talked about it and he's like, do you think that it's just like, you know, cause we do, we, we celebrate solstice. We celebrate Christmas. We have a lot of different things that go on. And he's like, do you think that the energy was just so high that, that they, maybe she was curious or, you know, maybe it allowed it to be seen or maybe they're always here. And it was just, the energy was so high because she was little and, you know, Santa had just been here and all those kind of things. And I was like, I could be, I mean, I don't make sense. If you think about that, you know, energy coming and going, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, that's really the one that I remember most clearly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. think we've had a lot. I mean, it's a weird. I, I think some people would say that one experience is a lot. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's just context, really. I mean, not everyone mm-hmm. is is haunted throughout their entire lives like some of us are. Like, as you know, it does seem like that there are people who, you know, have never seen or experienced anything that's off the wall. But I think a lot of people who have never tell anybody. You know. I don't tell a lot of people mine. I think, you know, the, the thing around the um, car accident, I think sounds like craziness. And um, I, I don't know that I tell a whole lot of people that story. Mm-hmm. Um, the little girl, I haven't really told a whole lot of people that either. I think John and I talked about it and he's had a little weird experience here too, but it was sounds like it was just, it was a sound. And, um, he was like, can I explain it? Well, something could maybe, but like, I don't know what that was. It was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. So incredible. I don't think, I don't, I don't think that we're required to be able to explain everything. Like, and that's another thing that kind of goes into like the whole skepticism thing for me is like, well, maybe some things just sometimes things just kind of happen to you you know there doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a, a, this grand scheme of like you know a, an otherworldly or conspiracy or anything like that sometimes we just experience things that science can't measure yet yeah. i mean it's not that many years ago that you know something smaller than the atom was a theory right like like I'm like I don't know what that is and I think that's okay and maybe that makes you more open to allowing those moments and not you know and just not tossing them away and just allowing yourself to be curious for a moment and say like I want to remember that because maybe at some point we'll understand it better you know Mm -hmm. and whatever that is I mean I'm open to pushback and I, I think you bring up a a important point like skepticism isn't always about denial no it's just for me it's saying i, I don't know you know yeah I mean, i'm kind I'm, of there too 
I don't know. What is it? Mm. Right. But I'm open to, I'm open to it being a lot of things. And, you know, could it have been my brain saying like frazzled because it was Christmas morning? Maybe. But no. I know what you see sometimes, you know, and maybe that's why, like, like to you, like to your point, like when people, some people don't see, ever see anything, you know, and then, you know, some people see more. Um, is it frequent? I would, for me, I would say no. Like, I mean, this is fans of decades, right? Like decades and decades, like, and they're just little blurbs, little, mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird space. It is a weird space, but it's interesting and it's it's fun to kind of play around with the ideas of of what these things could be and just like you said being open and curious about it all. I mean, I sure hope that there's other things and that energy moves around and and mm -hmm. does other things and guides and blesses and you know and instructs and isn't lost. I mean, that feels really good. Like, yeah. do I know what happens with it? Mm -mm, no. Nope. But like, it sure does feel better thinking like energy continues and you mm -hmm. find your energy people, you know, you find, because to me, that's like why, you know how like you meet those friends that you've known forever. Mm -hmm. Your energies know each other, you know, like maybe, maybe. I don't want to speak for Jonathan, but I think he and I both felt that way when we met each other. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's got to be something to that, right? Mm -hmm. Those kind of moments where you're just like, oh, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because my husband was not in my plans. I met him when I was 16. That's <laughs> craziness. <laughs> craziness. I had all kinds of other plans and uh -huh. it was not that. Nope. <laughs> it was not that. Nope. The universe had other ideas for you. I know. I was like, no. And my parents met in like eighth grade. So I was like dead set against doing anything like that. Like, not me. No way. No way. Mm -mm. Yep. Like I'd even picked a profession that I thought I would allow me to be a nomad. Like I wanted to go like, I'm going to teach here for a couple years. I'm going to teach here a couple years. I'm going to teach here. I'm going to kiss all the boys. You know, across the country. And I didn't do any of that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. He's yeah. Moving of... to Virginia was not in my plans at all. Really? <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. It's it's warmer here though. It is warmer. And I do I I have not shared this story on the podcast, but um a couple months before Jonathan and I started talking, I was coming home from Myrtle Beach with my parents. We had just gone on vacation. And I had said to my mom, like, I don't know if I'm going to live in New York for the rest of my life. And she's like, what? Like, She's like, well, where would you go? And I'm like, I don't know. Virginia seems really nice. And then two months later, he and I started talking. Yes. Isn't that <laughs> cool, though? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I don't even know why the Virginia popped in my head. Like I had spent a little bit of time here one summer, you know, when I was in college, but like that was it. You know what I mean? It was just like Virginia seems nice. That's a really interesting thing. Like mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, like it make that's another thing that can just like make you curious. Like, was that your 
you know, like, huh, mm-hmm. maybe I yeah. know where that energy is. Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I kind of know something and maybe yeah. I need to listen. Yeah. What, did you know that he was from Virginia? No, I didn't even know of him at that time. Like, no, that was I mean, before like, we had any contact whatsoever. I mean, like, we were in the Positively Unstoppable Challenge together. I don't know that we were even Facebook friends at that time. No, like, I, don't think, it was, I don't think we had interacted at all at that point. Yeah, it was like two like months later we started talking. told me about were the, the stories of that trip that you had had recently to South Carolina. And we kind of laughed about that together when we first started talking to each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's hysterical. That's such a good story. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I wonder somewhere if you just kind of knew, you know? I mean, I think so. Like, I mean, again, it just like came out of my mouth and I'm like, and I, I did kind of have that moment of like, I don't know where that came from, but it feels like, you know, it feel, felt right saying it in that moment it's really interesting that's super yeah. cool yeah. what a great story what so story. i know that you had said like your dad has passed yeah. um mm-hmm. and tell us about what what's happened since he's passed with you and with your family members sure so um my my family has a very strong belief that, um, my dad's family does that, um, it's, and I don't know where this belief comes from, but they, they really feel strongly that you should be mindful when you dream of the person that has passed and they call it a visit. And like, so you're, and they like to share when you've been visited um, by that person. And, and, um, it was interesting because like, I, I had a weird relationship with my dad, but like, um, I was his POA. I helped him a lot with his health. Um, my grandmother, when she was still alive would call me and say like, you need to go tell your dad this because you are the only person he listens to. Mm. And that was, that is true very much. But, um, what was interesting is like, I, like when we talked about being visited by dad, they all assumed that I would be like the first person visited by him, you know, like I'd get the dream first. And that was not the case. And I was a little offended for a little bit. So I was like, damn it, you know, um, but my aunt, my one aunt, um, he was very close to her. I think she had one of the first ones and um, she's like, well, I got visited by Neil. And I was like, really? How was it? And she's like, he was just very, very at peace. It was great. And she didn't say a whole lot more about it. So she just let me know that she'd had it. And um, I was like, oh, interesting. And so a couple other people had had their visits. And um, I remember when I got mine and I had this dream. And he looked so at, at peace. He looked healthier, but not like perfect. Like he wasn't his high school self, you know, he was, um, but what was interesting when we talked about what he looked like, it was all very similar. It was white hair and he was, um, usually smiling and he would just make 
off the wall comments, you know, like, and then some people said like, I didn't really, he didn't really say anything. He just kind of laughed and walked away, (laughs) you know? And we're like, well, that's kind of dad too. You know, he Mm -hmm. was a little bit of an oddball, but we thought it was interesting that he just kind of, that he looked similar, but not like when he passed and not like a young man, he looked like, you know, a middle-aged, like little longer, you know, like 50, towards his sixties, late fifties. Um, and he had a very similar appearance in all of them. Like you would think it would be all over the place. Yeah. And that's what, like, I thought my aunts would see him as like a high schooler or in his twenties or something like Mm. that. And they did not. It was all about the same time bracket for him. That is interesting. Did it feel like a normal dream? Just a question. I don't know. I mean, I, I remember not being a, like, I remember not being afraid of it. I remember, I, I don't know that I could answer that if it felt like a regular one. I just remember thinking, finally, mm. finally, I got my visit and it was, mm-hmm. it was reassuring, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it felt like a different dream or not. It just kind of felt like a, a regular dream, like a regular dream. Like, but I, it felt like I knew he was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Have you had any other like visits from family members who have passed on? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a, I don't know what your brain does during grief I don't I don't know but like I know um I was very close to my grandfather um my mom's dad um and he passed away very suddenly you know I was at college and I'd seen him on a Friday night at football and then like he had a he had a massive uh heart attack and I remember I was very I was very traumatized by that because I, you know, he was alive for a few days um, and we thought he was getting better. So like I had reassured myself and that was like a no-go. And um, I remember going back down to college and I went to UC and it's kind of hilly there. And I was going up one of the hills and I saw this um, man who kind of like looked like build wise looked like my grandfather And I was like kind of driving up and I was like getting ready to go to work. And um, he turned around and to me, he looked like him, but it could have just been an older man. And he tipped his hat and he waved and then he turned and then he kept going. And again, it was like one of those things where it's like, that felt good, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't, I don't know what, I mean, it was weird that somebody in, in Clifton and at near UC would actually turn around and wave to people like we don't do that here in the city (laughs) we're not that friendly we're not that friendly in the city not not in the city proper you know you're more likely to get flipped off you know Uh (laughs) than anything else but it was kind of a weird a weird thing Mm -hmm. so I don't know it was just kind of a it was reassuring more than anything yeah yeah 
I do think that the the dream, dreams are always interesting to me. Dreams that don't feel like dreams, um, dreams that don't make sense as dreams that you can kind of bring into something else. It's always super interesting for me. Um, and so like it's it's multiple people in your family that have experienced that with this, right? Like this, mm-hmm. is, this is not just you. It's very similar experiences. Uh, is is it a similar time frame? Is it like what's the time span on that? Um. I think it was like the first year after he died. So that first year is when um, people, I, at least they share it more often um, yeah. during that first year. I don't know if that's like a grief response. I don't know. Um, I can't. Sh- do you want to hear a really weird story? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's of course we do. Okay, this is super <laughs> weird. This is super weird. It's not my... Well, it's only in my story that I provided the avenue for it, but it's really my uncle's story. So um, my dad and my uncle, do you remember that um, there was that fish that was on the plaque that sang like this crazy song? Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Billy yeah. Bass. <laughs> it is, there it is. So my uncle got my dad one of those um, and it became this joke between the two of them every Christmas they would wrap it up and send it to the other one. And it was like, they made it this big ordeal every Christmas, uh-huh. family Christmas, and they would rewrap it and rewrap it for years, years. I mean, it was hysterical and old by the time they stopped doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the night my dad died, I had two hours with my dad before he passed away. And he was completely coherent. Um, and I remember him telling me, he was like, so, um, I just want to let you know that I have a hillbilly will and yeah, hillbilly will um, at my spot and you'll know what to do with all this stuff when you go there. And I was like, and my dad was a hospice nurse. So I really think he knew something was up. Like, yeah, um, I think he knew. Um, I don't think he told me, but I think he knew something was up. And I was like a hillbilly will. And he was like, yep you'll find it. It's in one of the, these little notebooks. You'll find it and just do what it says. I know you'll do that. And I was like, all right. And so we get to his spot and there's, um, there's all these notebooks and it took us forever to find his hillbilly well. Um, but the fish was there at his spot. And oh. so at my dad's service, um, we played Christmas music and wrapped it up and gave it to my uncle. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And um, my uncle put it in his garage once he got it. Here's the really weird part is it doesn't have batteries, but occasionally it still plays. Wow. And they go out and they talk to him when it happens. Uh Uh-huh. That's wild. That is wild. I love that. Yeah. So that's like, it's super funny and it's super cute. And they like, um, like my aunt has been trying to call me like while it's singing, uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm not home or yeah. something. She's like, I want you to hear this. So you... And she's like, and then we go out and we talk to your dad. She goes, I know that's obscene or not. Obscene. She goes, I know that's crazy, but it just seems the right thing to do. And I was like, you do you like, you know, yeah. She's like, I was like, does it have that? She goes, no, we've taken the batteries out. We've, we've, you know, tried to take clear the things but that's a really weird one. It's not my story, but it's, it's pretty funny and it's pretty amazing at the same time, you know? I love it. And I mean, 
going and talking to him does feel like the right thing to do you know like he's he's saying hi he wants you guys to know that he's there you know what I mean? yeah and <laughs> so. it makes sense to some degree because my dad was very energy driven as well like uh-huh. you know he's a little well odd sometimes but like he was very really believed in energy and light and stuff like mm-hmm. that so it makes sense that he would if he's able to do so I would think he would use those avenues to communicate if he can you know yeah and I think it's that's my uncle gets a tickle out of it like he'll tell me he's like (laughs) well it's been about three months and I haven't heard anything from your dad yet so (laughs) (laughs) that's a trip I love it yeah that's that's super fun that's they said like sometimes it freaks them out because like they know it doesn't have anything in yeah it. like why does it keep playing you know so I'm like I I don't know maybe and so like they just go out and talk to him when it happens mm-hmm. I love fun. that it yeah, is I funny. do too I do too I love that it's this fish yeah <laughs> and it's so significant to their relationship and your family history you know so it just seems so perfect that that's yeah. one of his ways of communicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's pretty priceless. And he's my uncle is so um so thrilled when he like he gets to share those stories with us. He's like, Well, I went out and I told your dad about blah 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 when he got the fish going. Cause I don't know what to because <laughs> I don't want to hear that thing all the time, but I can't get rid of it. Like it's gonna have to stay in the family forever now. Yeah. <laughs> Keep passing it down. <laughs> so there's this weird little plastic fish on a plaque, you know. For sure. That sings Crazy. sometimes without batteries. Sings <laughs> <laughs> without batteries and nobody knows why. <laughs> That's great. We love yeah. it. Yeah. That's my Sorry. weird little my weird little tales. Well, you thanks got for good... sharing them with us. We really yeah. appreciate it. This has been you very have great enjoyable. tales. Yes. It has very definitely fun. been. I'm really glad we got to have you come on. Oh yeah, today was kind of crazy. I was hoping, like, I was hoping it was not going to time out. So I'm glad it did. You guys are yeah. are fun to talk to. You are so much fun to talk to too. All right, all right. Take care, Take care. Guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here. If you have a strange story you want to share with us, email us at seekerandskeptic at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you soon. 